You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hello and welcome to Nick Luck Daily, the show that brings you the latest news and the sharpest insight from around the world of horse racing. It is Thursday, the 3rd of March. We are 12 days out from the Cheltenham Festival 2022, and that is what much of today's podcast is going to be about. I'm joined by Racing TV and RTE broadcaster Jane Mangan. We'll be hearing from a trainer, Peter Farhi about his handicap runners at Cheltenham and of course his star mare Royal Kahala. We'll be talking to Jessica Harrington as well about her intended runner in the Moor Battle Hurdle, really good looking Moor Battle Hurdle this weekend at Kelso. I promise it's just coincidence that we've got a very Irish dominated podcast for you today. Uh, Jane Mangan is along and the first thing we're going to be discussing Jane is something that uh, Nick and Lee touched upon on the podcast yesterday. The, that was their reflection on the handicap entries and whether or not there can be actual parity between either sides of the Irish Sea with regards to marks. Jane, do you think that Irish domination at the Cheltenham Festival in the handicaps is a foregone conclusion? I don't think so, Tom. There's there's much to be debated on this. Of last year's nine handicaps run at the Cheltenham Festival, yes, Ireland won seven of them. But if you look closer at the horses they won with, they, they were winning with grade one horses masquerading in handicaps. You know, the Galpin Deschamps winning the Martin Pipe, um, Jeff Kidder winning the Fred Winter, all, both subsequent grade one winners, Mount Ida winning the Kimure. They were they were very good horses in handicaps. They were carrying plenty of weight, but at the same time they were justifiably doing that. Um I, I think there's been much speculation on the review. Uh, I remember back in September last year the recommendations were published from the BHA as to improve um, the system in the UK. And then there was yesterday called for parity between the two systems in, in the UK and Ireland. But personally, I don't think that is achievable given there is a big difference between the programme in the UK and Ireland. There's a lot more racing in the UK, a lot smaller fields, whereas in, in Ireland we could have we could have huge fields and you can't necessarily have the same. I don't think you could have a mirror effect between the two programmes. but your first your question was whether I think a domination is a foregone conclusion. I don't believe that to be the case. I think you, you hit upon something interesting there, Jane, in that perhaps it's not just the marks that the Irish horses are getting. Um, you picked out three subsequent top-level winners. i also throw Belfast Banter at you, who won the county last year, who went on to Aintree to, to win at the very top level. So is it the, is it the, the depth and campaigning of the Irish horses, not, not just their marks, but a, a willingness to run their leading lights in handicaps initially before going on to bigger and better things? That's, a, I think, a valid point in that there's probably such depth of quality in Ireland at the minute that you can, that trainers, particularly trainers with uh, layers of talent in a particular discipline or a particular division, that they can separate out between the grade ones and into handicaps. For instance, Sam Felician, Gordon Elliott, and um, Rob Corr's horse that came from France. He he got a mark of 149, I think, for the Martin Pipe. 
Whereas before he ran his previous race at Nace, he was being talked up as a champion hurdle candidate. So that automatically you're thinking, well, if they thought once that he was a champion hurdle caliber horse in a Martin Pipe, it's a completely different uh, race, but he should be well capable of carrying uh, a decent weight. Um, like take the shunter. Uh, he won the Paddy Power Plate last year, went on to Aintree in his next run and was just beaten by a certain protector at. So um, the depth of quality in Ireland means they can spread them into handicaps. And I, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not unusual for you to find a Don Foley or a Pilulta Vic in a Martin Pipe. And it's not unusual for you to find subsequent grade runners in the, in the pretemps like Delta Work and Zara de Berlay. So... Um, the the handicapping system is is one question, but the quality of the handicaps at Cheltenham now, some of them are, some of them some of those horses, particularly some of the unexposed horses, they could be anything in the future. If you get what I mean. Absolutely, and and the point discussed on the pod yesterday between um, Lee Mottsett and, and Nick Luck, uh, was also that it you know it. it it could be the case again this year of Irish domination, largely because of the amount of entries they have and how they are clustered towards the, the top of the market. They're, sorry, the, 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 the top of the weights. They're dominating the, the higher weights in there. Um, there was a, an update on the BHA's Jumps Handicapping Review, which you've just touched upon, released yesterday from Dominic Gardner-Hill, Jane, um, just analysing how the... Um, the changes in handicapping methodology have come to fruition in a, what is, I suppose, about 11 months on from, from when the review was announced. What are the bones that you can pick out of that rather long document for us? Yeah, it's a little bit hard to digest, uh, particularly for somebody who's challenged with numbers, but in a sample size between 2008 and 2011, so you've uh, quite a good sample size there, there was uh, five main points to take from it. I, I took three main points. So there was uh, more generous drops to be appropriated out between like older, more aggressive, non-winning horses. You know, those, those horses that um, are struggling to win, they'll get dropped uh, a little bit more generously. Um, the new system recommended to start sections of, novice, of a novice hurdle cohort on lower opening marks rather than uh, inflating their marks. And to remove horses from the ratings file who have not run for six months rather than the original nine months that it was, allowing the handicapper to assess their marks when entered again after uh, six months. So those, I think, were two valid points. The main, the, the main bones of the document that I suggested was the fact that some of their ratings were inflated. So the average rise for handicap winners has decreased fractionally. So between... Uh, 2017 and 2020, the average rise was 6.06 pounds. Uh, last year, it was 5.29 pounds. So it's it's only fractional, marginal, 0.77 of a pound. But at the same time, uh, it's an improvement in the rise for handicap winners. But some people might ask, why why can't you have parity? Why can't you have mirror effects? Well, in the UK, you can go off your hurdles mark straight into handicap chase. So if you're running off 120 over hurdles, you can run off that rating over fences without ever running in a beginner's or a novice chase. Whereas in Ireland, you, you can't do that. Only only the lowest uh, rating bracket in Ireland can do that. Um, in the UK, your chase run will affect your hurdles mark. That certainly doesn't happen over here. You often get horses who are much... 
uh, there's a, a big difference between the hurdles and chase marks and that does not affect from one discipline to another. Um, and of course, I just go back to field sizes and competitiveness of races. You know, in, in the UK of a weekend, you could have three of a similar type of race run. Whereas in Ireland, you could have 30 runners in Navin, you could have 25 runners in Nace, and they'd be the same size of a horse or same size of a pool of horses that would be running in the three races in the UK. So I think a mirror effect would be nigh on impossible to implement. Well, parity and, and an expected rise is a question I put to Irish trainer Peter Farhi about his Cheltenham handicap entries. Uh, initially, of course, we, we touched on the brilliant mare Royal Kahala when I spoke to him a little bit earlier on and where she was likely to run. Um, we, we, we haven't. We don't, we're going to sit in a little longer to see what the weather is like on the ground. And that, um, look, if, if it happens to be definitely just outside of soft, we'll be very definitely strongly considering the mare's race. Um, if not, if not, it'll probably be spared, you know. So it, it's very much a it, it's very much a ground thing, not a not a class and opposition thing. It is. It is winter, especially in, look. It, the thing is, I suppose, like the mare, it's the trip. You need you need the trip, for the, and the, the softer the ground is, gives us a better chance over a shorter trip. That's the way I'm thinking. That the mare's race will definitely be uh, an easier kind of target for her, which will be keen to go for if the ground was, ground was in her favour. Mm. What, what what ground does she want to be at her very best? Do you think, Peter? Look, it's good to soft ground. ground. Chelsea ground is ground. It's safe enough for her, but just look at for the for the two and a half mile trip. She, she needs a plenty soft. It's just that she wouldn't be the quickest in the world, you know. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I get the I get the feeling that if you were going to pick your ideal conditions, it would be the stayers on good to soft. If you see what I mean, but your your hand might be forced if it did come up softer than ideal. Is that fair? Surprised at, at Goran, or did you feel she had a, a you know a performance like that in her? Look, we always thought the step up the three mile was, was going to be a huge benefit to her. Um, look, at it, definitely classic dream to turn up to his 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 mark that day and it left us winning well. But like, look at it, we were going into Gordon thinking the step up was going to help us, and we were, we were confident she was going to run a massive race. Of the the other horses, um, likely handicap handicap runners, the likes of Born Patriot, Visionarian. Freedom to Dream surprise package. First of all, with with the weights that came out, are you happy with with what everything got? I am very disappointed. The Mars Visionarian got. Um, I thought he had a lovely profile for County Hurdle. Um, he got eight pounds, which is which is kind of leaving a scratch in our heads, wondering how we got so, such a high mark for it. And um, all the others was happy enough with it. He got well well above average, you know. Um, Born Patriot, look at he he did a nice run in the qualifier there. He looks like he's going to think into that as kind of one of the bottom horses which would leave him leave him ideal you know but um, I would have handicapped Mark I was visionary and I was shocked with his, shocked with his Mark I, I, It's interesting you're saying that because do, do you feel that across those four handicap entries you've got Peter that you know perhaps there wasn't consistency between all of them some you're happy with and some you're a little bit taken aback by Yeah definitely I'd say the consistency like look at we, we only need a handful of them for handicaps and they all got their four pounds or five whatever but Eight was was a huge shock for, mm. for one of them, you know. Um, he's 
he's a horse that we were kind of thinking away for that race and everything like that. But yeah, pound just makes it makes it a lot trickier, you know. Do you think it's right that the the horses have a, a sort of new British mark? Do you think? Do you, do you understand why that is the case? Well, look, I, I, you don't mind it probably if, if if the difference between between them is is an average. They're saying what three pound, three to four pound. And my horse gets eight. Like that's completely off the scale. It's very hard to know. Like it, it's obviously a completely different handicap mark. It's not. I think it'd be fair if, if you knew going over here you're going to get an average four pound or three pound or whatever. It's the same scale for everyone, but but it, it's complete. It leaves it open to us that we just we just don't know until you're actually eventually up hard to see what's going. You know, like, in my opinion, it's not really fair enough. I don't think I don't think I was very pleased with, with, with visionary for that. Uh, Born Patriot, as you say, I was actually surprised he's almost not a bit further down the list. He looks, you know, uh, he looks almost certain to get a run, doesn't he, off, off that mark? Which, but, 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 but to sneak in, so that's no bad thing. He does, yeah. Look, we were, in fairness, we were looking at the qualifiers the whole time along, and we were, we were pretty confident that we were going to get in. We were following the race and them, so we had a fair idea for the fairness. He, he was keeping a good, good track on it. Um, you can remember his last run, the guy was taking it off from in, in, in sand on his last run. But um, going back to all these other runs and a bit of nicer ground, and he's definitely handled his chest. Look, he's gone there. And in at the bottom, the right end of the handicap, he'd surely have a great chance if everything went right. Mm. Freedom to Dream is 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 not an Albert Bartlett horse. Is he going to run in the Martin Pipe? Yeah, look, we, we see a way. David Bartlett having to cut up. Um, he, our plan at the moment is the Martin Pipe. If he happens to get in, he's down the list a good bit. But um, look, you, you know yourself, you don't know if it's closer to it. But um, our plan is, uh, is the Martin Pipe, probably, if, if, um, if he gets in. And, and will Lisperti line up in a champion bumper, do you think? I'm not sure yet. We'll see how he goes. Look, if, we, if, 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 probably, if the ground happened to dry out, we put him into it with the option of, of seeing what way it goes. If the ground happened to dry out, no, it's quick enough. He's a horse that wants nice ground, very quick ground. He is very good in his day. But he, he, his last run, you can rule it out, he went to the restroom pace, the hacked around the bumper and it turned into a clear sprint, which didn't suit us. But um, he was very good today, he won in the stall. Look at so it seems, Jane. I mean, he, Peter hasn't changed his, his thoughts from a good month ago when he was asked of, about what she was likely to do off the back of that Goran success. Um, he is sticking to his guns that if we get decent ground, and I think that seems pretty likely, looking at the long range forecast, then she is very likely to go for the stayers, and, and she adds real weight to that contest. If it's very testing, then hey, she'll drop back in trip. Yeah, that she's she, she's just a very interesting mare. I, I was a big fan of her last year going into the mare's novice, and I think she finished lame. She she had a, an excuse that day when she finished ninth uh, behind Tell Me Something Girls. She had a genuinely uh, valid excuse that day. Um, she came back this year. She won the Dublin Racing Festival over two and a half. She beat Heaven Help Us and Tell Me Something Girl, albeit receiving five pounds from Tell Me Something Girl. So you'd think if they were running off levels in a similar type race at Cheltenham maybe Henry de Brownhead's mare would turn the form around but when she stepped up to three miles uh, in the Galmoy at, at Goran obviously Classical Dream blew out that day it wasn't his true running uh, we hope to expect better from him but this mare was really strong at the line she she travelled beautifully through the race uh, she beat decent horses and um, I think she's progressive look she's uh, a stable start for for Peter. She's uh, a bit of a winning machine. Like she's only had ten runs. She's won half of those races, and uh, I think she'll be suited to a very strong test in the stairs hurdle. I think that's the right call. She 
she's only ever been tested over that trip once and she came out with with, with, with true colours of Goran. So I, I don't see why you wouldn't take on Flooring Porter and Champ in, in, in the grade one. I thought his comments on his um, likely ha- handicap runners were, were interesting. Um, in particular, the the difference as to how he feels some of them have been treated. Obviously, his per temp source of running the UK, so that, that mark was never going to change a huge amount. But he's not happy with, with Visionarian. No, he's not one bit happy. I can understand that. The horse hasn't... He won in June 21 uh, down Royal. That was a handicap. Um, but since then, he's... His racing, his, his form has been somewhat regressive and particularly his last run of the Dublin Racing Festival where he was absolutely beaten out, out of sight behind Call Me Lyrene. So I, I, I think that's a... I, I'd love to see the justification for that rise personally because I, I don't think it's... I can't see really uh, justifying that kind of a rise for, for this horse who's been... I, 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 well, I completely agree but you know as a as a brit watching on thinking what army's coming over and and how difficult you know the irish handicappers are going to be to beat i do look at visionarian and i'm like right okay so he's rated one three four in ireland he's been given one four two for a county and in two starts this season proper he's been beaten a total of of nearly 60 lengths now it's almost a, a bit of second guessing there from the handicapper to say, well, what's the plan with this? Or if you, if you look strictly on form, I, I agree. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, you're, the handicapper is going strictly on form. You're not supposed to be thinking, oh, well, this man won the county hurdle last year. Let's well, make exactly. sure he doesn't win it again. You know, that this that, that is not how a handicapper works. He works on maths. So the maths for his runs this year are um, questionable. Good. We, we agree on something. Um... Anything, anything else about um, the Cheltenham Festival you wanted to get off your chest before we move on? Feel free to do so. Well, uh, just uh, ahead of this weekend, obviously this weekend is Kelso's big weekend, the Moor Battle Hurdle. We saw the Shunter do the double at Cheltenham last year between the Hurdle and the Paddy Power Plate. And it looks like we might have an attempt between the two again this year because Harry Fry indicating in the paper today that Metier, his Tolworth Hurdle hero from last year, might... Uh, do the double if if I might attempt to do the double if coming out of the more battle hurdle this weekend in flying colours. But the more battle hurdle looks like it's going to be a good race mm. potentially. Buva there in there autumn evening Balco Coastal. Now we we await final declarations. But if Metier is to win the first leg of an attempt of, a, of an ambitious attempt, he's going to have to be very good. Well, autumn evening's trainer is Jessica Harrington. I spoke to her a little bit earlier on before declarations and started by asking if the plan was definitely to come over. Yes, he is. Yep, he is. It's actually worth more money than the county hurdle. And um, so the, this is the, uh, the I obvious don't say route. any less competitive. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I think that he ran very well in Leperstown flat track, left-handed, you know, uh, which Kelso is. Uh, so I'm not, uh, you know, he's a nice horse. The ground, if you could pick it, would be what for autumn evening? Uh, so I, was, I love English soft for him. Okay. Is English soft different to Irish soft? Yes. <laughs> we have a thing called yielding. <laughs> you do. <in> between. <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> what? Um, and so... Yielding. Basically, he, he's yielding soft is his best ground. I see. I see. So, yes. So the... The, the better side of, of soft ground would be ideal for him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be minding the, 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 the softer side of soft ground either. Got they're you. Due a bit of a, they're due rain now, I was looking this morning. Mm. 
as far as uh, just looking ahead to to Cheltenham, um, a number of, of horses that, that that might run in the handicaps for you, I, I know. Ashdale Bob is, is is he likely to go he to the Coral Cup? Running. Yes, he is. Got no other ways to go. He's one of those horses that sits a little bit in between. Obviously, he's going back in the handicap company off some good runs in graded company. Yeah, yeah. And he was, you know, he was second in grade ones last year. Well, as I sit here with the Racing Post open in front of me, logged into Members Club, it seems sensible to tell you about the Racing Post Members Club, who will be giving a, a nod to over the next 10 days in the build-up to the Cheltenham Festival. It's the ultimate subscription for racing fans. It features unlimited access to the Racing Post digital newspaper from 9pm, the day before it's out in the shops. And there's also award-winning online content, daily tips from renowned tipsters such as Tom Segal. There are replays from all the UK and Irish racecourses and plenty more. You can subscribe today and get your first month for just £9.99. Head to racingpost.com forward slash Nick Luck Daily for the full terms and to find out more. Just turning our attention internationally, I suppose not a huge surprise that, um, that Team Golston, Thady and John Golston, have come out and said it's a bit of a head scratcher with regards to Mistress running the Saudi Cup and that he's not going to go on and, and try and back up in Dubai. Not a surprise. He ran forever too bad to be true at, at uh, Riyadh. And I, I think it's probably a case of bring him home, try and identify what went wrong and, and rebuild because you couldn't really go into another big international race uh, off the back of what was a you know, really lacklustre effort for him, from him. Yeah, um, a shame, I think, for, for, for that race that he, he couldn't back up any kind of performance and indeed for going on to the Dubai World Cup because it would be great to see the, the, the title holder, the Shimon Classic winner out there, to defend his crowd. Hey, the Japanese will no doubt be strong in Dubai. I, I know you were experiencing racing in Saudi and, and the Japanese domination was... I thought it was a sight to behold, to be honest. Uh, they are, they've, they've always been a serious world force, but there's just been the last couple of years a, a, a real almost dominance there that we're seeing. Yeah, I think uh, if I was uh, forecasting the future, I think it's only a sign of things to come because the Japanese have been very savvy in their breeding. Northern Farm, Shadow Farm in particular, are after bringing in a lot of European blood, a lot of American blood, and they're, they're being... I think as a racing jurisdiction, Japan is as strong as anywhere in the world, and they've been proving that at the Breeders' Cup. They proved that in Riyadh last weekend, and I think they will continue to do so into the future. They're, they've got an array of a variety of bloodlines they are dominant uh, they, their quality in in the various distances um we know from our own commercial perspective that we have an emphasis on speed uh, over here whereas the middle distance bracket is probably not as competitive as we'd like it um particularly horses who do very well at a middle distance bracket here do they have commercial value over over here answer that question probably not as much as they should whereas in, in Japan they do and in the future at the classic distance you could see Japan being very very good and of course their their top horse um Contrail for me one of the best in the world okay 
pleased to say that Adrian de Vries joins me off the back of um, well a profitable time of it in, in Saudi Arabia and we're going to touch on um, Super Saturday at Maidan this weekend. Uh, I know you're riding today as well Adrian but, but first of all you were just pointing out to me that it, it was you know a, a good Saturday for you in Saudi Arabia none more so than your Saudi Cup horse picking up a huge check for finishing finishing down the field secret ambition. He ran well though. He ran really well, he ran really well. We had a, a difficult draw coming out of stall 12. Uh, he's a horse who likes to make uh, the running, so we had to do a lot to get there. Uh, and the pressure was on the pace all the, all the way, but he, he ran a brave race, stuck on and uh, finished seventh. And uh, yeah, he, he picked up a nice check for that, so uh, really, really happy with that. You know, really happy that Connections uh, gave me uh, the, the chance of riding him. Uh, with tech uh, not being there uh, uh, for being positive for, for COVID, and very uh, unlucky for him, of course. Uh, so I was I was really happy uh, to pick up a few spares. Um, you say you picked up a, a nice check as well. I mean, half a million dollars for finishing seventh is is huge, and I know that you you know Switzerland picked up a nice check for you as well. The the Arabian horse, rich like me, um, maybe he didn't see it out, but. Um, do you know, I know it's pretty soon after, I mean, is he likely to kick onto the Kahala Classic and would you worry that it, it, it might have taken a bit out of him or not? Uh, I'm not too worried about it. Um, he, he, he's a very calm horse and he travels well. He's been eating up since he's been there. He's been eating up since he came back. Uh, I think the, 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 the first two finishers had a, had a much tougher race than, than my fella. All right, so um, Super Saturday, um, I think you've got five rides. We're going to touch on, on two of them. Um, salute the Soldier, first of all. He lines up in round three of the Amak Tomb Challenge. He was considered a lively Dubai World Cup horse last year. Has he disappointed you this season? Um, not really. He, uh, he needed two runs last year before he got ready. I remember he uh, finished it the first time out. He running a little bit too fresh over racing a little bit that's what he did uh, this season also uh, second time we went very hard I think uh, with, with, with Namus in front and uh, I, I I got a few bumps as well uh, in the race so that was excuses for him the, the second time uh, also uh, I worked on the other day I think fitness wise he's now there uh, on the level where he should be and uh, I expect a much better run for him and if you look at, I mean, he won the the race last year and, and then um, kicked on to, to run in the Dubai World Cup. Do you, how do you feel about this meeting's closeness to the Dubai World Cup? Do you think it's very possible to, to back up a run here and then kick on to the big night itself? Um, I, I, I think so. I would think so. I, I must say these, these races now are a little bit tougher than, than last year. Last year there was, there was smaller fields and... and, and uh, the pace was a little bit different. Uh, this year, the, 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 there's been a lot of runners, a lot of pace, so I think it, it takes a little bit more out of the, the horse, these, these races. So, um, hey, listen, he's a tough horse. He's got no issue, issues. Uh, I'm sure if he, if he performs uh, on Saturday, he can bounce back on, on Dubai World Cup Day. Uh, I think he had a start less this season than he did last season as well. So, uh, yeah, it is, it is all possible, but he, he's got to show us something on, on, uh, 
on Saturday. And uh, yeah, I uh, I hope he does. And uh, like I say, he needed two runs uh, last season. He's had them two runs now, so we expect a bigger run, run from him uh, this time. I suppose the Dubai World Cup itself might be might be stronger than last year as well. Potentially, life is good coming over. But there you go. You'll cross the bridge on Saturday first of all. And um, Withering in the in the Albasta car, he looked good last time, Andrew. Yeah, he looked really good. He he, uh, he surprised us uh, with a bit of run. Uh, he he um, he jumped a bit slow uh, the time before when Andrea rode him, and uh, he messed up his chances there. Uh, he did jump a uh, stride slow when I rode him last time, but uh, thankfully they they went hard, and he takes the kickback, and uh, he finished really well. Uh, he's he's been fine after his race. He. Uh, He's in good form, and uh, yeah, it's a bit, it's maybe a little bit tougher than last time, but uh, I can see uh, no reason that he's going to run well again. Jay Manning, lovely stuff. Can you send us away with a winner this Thursday? Uh, I certainly hope so, and I'm going to keep it local and go to Clonmel for their 421. It's a maiden hurdle. What's available? Wouldn't be winning out of turn. He's not from six in his career so far, but he's run some very solid races for Mouse Morris and Darrow O'Keefe, and I hope he can break his maiden tag today in the 421 at Clamell. Thanks, Jane. Chat again soon. Thanks to everyone at home for listening. Nick Luck will return tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily. Brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.